So yesterday we had this victory parade in DC for the Washington Nationals. Maybe some of you went there. And I'm not particularly connected with this team. I'm from Argentina, we don't play baseball. I don't much about this sport. I find it a little slow, to be honest. And so it was very unlikely that I would go to see, to climb a tree and, 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 you know, and, and see the team. So in fact, I did not go. And it was very improbable that Zacchaeus would have gone to a public place where there was a big crowd just to see Jesus pass by. Because Zacchaeus didn't have much to do with Jesus, was not very connected with him. He was a tax collector, like a public sinner, we would say. He was a wealthy man. He was not particularly fond of crowds, pretty much as all wealthy people are, no? They are not so friendly of, of friends of being with, with crowds. So that's why we have, for example, you know, the express lines when you go to airports and things like that, no? So it was not very likely that, that, that Zacchaeus was going to see Jesus. But he must have felt some nudge in his heart to, to go against all odds. And he went. And if Jesus had not encountered Zacchaeus that day, things would have been very different. Had not Zacchaeus decided to do his best to see Jesus that day, had not he climbed up to that tree to gain a better view, Jesus would have not seen him. And if Jesus had not seen him, he wouldn't have lodged at his house, and nothing would have happened in the life of Zacchaeus that day. I find this amazing. The providence of God unfolds through what we perceive as circumstantial events. Small decisions like going or not going to see Jesus that day, climbing or not climbing that tree to see him better, were in fact much more important than what Zacchaeus could tell in that moment. Granted, it is humiliated for a rich man to have to climb a tree. Grown-up men don't climb trees, usually. Those are kid, things for kids, hmm? and to mingle with the crowd. But he did. He took the risk. He acted with humility, and he climbed that tree. So it took from him also some determination you know, to leave the comforts of his house and to be there. So that made me think about our you know, circumstantial events in our life, how an encounter with someone, an invitation to a retreat. For example, we are organizing this retreat for next weekend for students, and we're hoping that they come. Uh, you know, an invitation to a particular place to meet with someone that might be much more eventful than that you might think, because what you perceive as a circumstance it's something important in the providence of God. So what happened that day? Jesus made eye contact with Zacchaeus, told him to come back, to come down. Zacchaeus came down and received Jesus in his house. And what happened in that house? We don't really know much. The gospel doesn't tell us so much. But because of that, we can imagine that it was just a normal conversation, a normal, good honest, authentic conversation between these two men, Jesus Christ in on the one hand 
and Zacchaeus in the other. Would have been any miracle or healing or, you know, turning water into wine, we sure would know. But the, you know, the, Luke doesn't say anything about that. So it was a normal uh, dinner, a normal conversation. And I want to stop here because I think that is very important. God uses normal encounters to, um, to give a grace, so to say, sometimes to us or sometimes through us to others. And because of that, I think that the art of conversation is very important. Jesus used the art of conversation a lot in, in, in normal settings to connect with others. For example, we remember uh, when Nicodemus went to see him at night, and, and, and he was a Pharisee, an important Pharisee, and he went at night to, to speak with Jesus, and, and, and they spoke, and Jesus, after making fun of him a little bit, you know, announced the gospel to him. Or also that conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well, or when he spoke with the two disciples, with John and Andrew, that followed him, Jesus, at four in the afternoon that day, and they had this conversation. And after that, they were convinced that he was the Messiah. Or this conversation with Zacchaeus, just to name some that we can find in the Gospels. So he had this art of connecting with people, to, to, this art to, you know, to have this connection heart to heart through conversation and to share who he was. He had this art to be quick, to be authentic and meaningful in his words. So how can we somehow imitate this art of conversation as, as disciples of Jesus Christ? I want to share some tips with you, things that I learned um, as, as a priest, having to be in these situations a lot, no? First and most important, be attentive. Open your eyes, your ears, your heart to the ones around you. It is very hard to develop the art of conversation if you're not interested in the one who is in front of you. And you know, sometimes happens that we are not interested. I don't know if it happens to you, but it sure happens to me. I'm speaking with something, someone and I notice that I am not really interested in what, you know, in, in what this person is saying. Or, so that is important to realize. I'm not really interested. Because then we can change. Then we can say, Lord, I'm not really interested. But you are. So I will give you my lack of interest and you give me your interest for this person in front of me. I give you my time, my mind, my heart in this moment so that you can listen to this person through me somehow. Use me as an instrument. And that is not only for priests, that is for every single baptized. You know, we are united with Christ, just as the vine and the branches. So we can, we can, he can use our humanity to connect with others. Do that. I think it's a very practical um, advice you know, in, 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 a, in a family setting. Sometimes it happens you know, that, that I have to listen to this story that I already heard maybe or that I know what this person is going to say. So, Lord, give me your interest. And I give you my selfishness maybe or self-centeredness or, or, or worries or whatever it is that is keeping me from connecting to this person uh, in, in this particular moment. Also at workplaces and in every single setting that you can imagine. 
So that's the first thing. Be attentive, and if you're not, ask God to give you his heart. And you will see it happens. It's amazing. It happens. The second thing is, um, you can, especially if, if you're speaking with someone that you don't know so much, but it works also with people that you know, um, use a compliment. Um, it's very, it's, you know, there's always goodness in the ones around you, so you don't have to lie, but you can use a compliment. That breaks down, brings down many walls, opens many doors. Something good that you, that, you know, I like what you said, I appreciated your comment, I think it was very wise. Uh, it's so good that you're here. Things like that, no? Show the other person that you are appreciative. That helps a lot um, to connect. On the contrary, being, using irony, being sarcastic, that's the opposite thing, closes people from, from, from having this connection. Don't hide behind your phones, would be the third advice, of course. Um, you know, I, I was, a while ago I was with a group of teenagers from different Catholic schools, this was in Oregon, and as soon as we finished our activity, they didn't know each other, so there were lots of you know, opportunities to connect and to speak with each other. As soon as we finished our activities, they all pulled their phones up and they were all hiding behind those phones. They were terrified of having to you know, introduce themselves and say, hello, my name is whatever, no? and, 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 and just to connect. So it is very tempting, I think, to hide behind our phones, behind our computers, or whatever. So let's try to avoid that temptation. Because as we have a phone in our hands, that is a clear sign, I don't want to speak with you now. No? But if we don't have that, then we, are, we lift up our head, we look around, and we, and, and, and we can connect. This is a very simple one. Listen more than you talk. You know, we, God gave us two ears and only one mouth, and, and, and that is to, to listen more than, than we, we talk. You know, try to fight the temptation to talk all the time, or to talk about yourself all the time. That is even worse. But make the other the center. Ask questions to the other person. Open questions. Something that you can follow up. So, are you a student here at AU? This typical conversation that I, that I have many days. No, yes, I'm a student. What year are you on? I'm a junior. What are you studying? This and that. What do you like about you, what you're studying? Then the person can expand no, a little bit more. Oh, I like this, and why do you like that? What do you think that is important? So you, you, know, you pull uh, from, from the string, so, so to say, no? so, so as to connect. Of course, you do that with interest, with real, with, with authenticity. It's not manipulative or anything like that. You are honestly wanting to get to know the person better, and through that, God can do something. And even if God doesn't do anything, that's a, that's a good human uh, thing in itself. We are made that way. And it's good that that, that, that happens. Hmm? So ask questions. Don't be afraid of silly questions, because when we ask questions, sometimes we make silly questions. I was once in, in, in a table uh, dressed like a priest, and, and one of the guys there, he said, are you Catholic? <laughs> he asked me. I said, yes, I, I am. Okay. 
So that was a silly question, I thought, no? But the guy wanted to connect with me somehow. And, and, and I tried to, you know, to follow up with that, the question that he made. Mm -hmm. Also, don't be afraid to challenge. <clears throat> I think we are sometimes too afraid to challenge people, to disagree, for example. And, you know, then our, if we are always afraid to disagree or to challenge our conversations, you know, remain very superficial. It's like small talk, but we cannot really be more authentic. So it's good to, uh, to ask, why do you think that? Why do you, wh wh why do you support this cause or this other cause? Or why, what do you think about this, you know, discussed or hot topic? And, 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 and you can challenge, you can challenge people not, not to argue, but to have a, you know, a, a good conversation. Of course, if we are going to be honest and we're going to have good conversations, sometimes we do not agree. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think, on the contrary, it's good. Lastly, try to have some topics in your, in your pocket, so to say. You know? Prepare in advance. Especially when, you, when you're going to meet with someone that you know, you know that you know, the situation might be awkward. Maybe you don't have so much things to talk about with that person. So you can prepare. You can share about a book that you're reading or, or, or something that you have heard. You can, you know, read a joke. There are so many jokes in internet now, so you can uh, learn one or two to, to, to tell a joke and to somehow break the ice. So if you prepare, it's usually it's easy to, to walk through the initial stages of a conversation, which are usually the most difficult. No? Once those initial stages, is, you know, once the ice is broken, uh, it's easier to, to follow up. If you drink a glass of wine, usually conversations are better known. She don't say that here. Okay, so let's, let's um, renew our resolution to uh, improve our art of conversation. Jesus used that a lot, as I was saying at the beginning. We never know what we perceive as a circumstance, as a random encounter with someone, might be used by God in a special way. Or at least it might do some good to others. It might bring someone out of isolation or boredom, it might enlighten someone's mind's mind. It might open new perspectives. And also, it might do some good to us, honestly, because we also have so much to learn. I want to finish <clears throat> by reading this quote of C.S. Lewis. He says, it's a little long, but pay attention. I think it's really good. He says, in friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accent of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But, <clears throat> For a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master 
of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another.